Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we work to recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Learn more at metronmanager.com. All right, welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Nowlin. We're here today with Chief Pastoral Officer of Movement Mortgage and Sovereign's Capital, Stephen Phelan. Among many other things that Stephen is currently handling, he is igniting a mentoring movement to help awaken the church in the business community. So welcome to the program, Stephen. Thanks, Jonathan. It's a real joy to be with you. Excited to be here. It's great to have you on this program and uh, great that you could carve out time to be with us. I'm really excited for your for our audience to really hear about the work that you've set your hand to do. You know, you're involved, obviously, in some truly world-changing kingdom enterprises, at least from my perspective and my understanding. Before we jump in on all that, can you share with us a little bit of your story? You know, how did you get to where you're at to be doing what you're doing? What's your journey looked like? Yeah, so, you know, Jonathan, like most kids when you're growing up, a lot of kids dream of being a pro football player or basketball player. Man, I, I always had one dream. I want to be the chief pastoral officer of a mortgage company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You know, it's just always since I was a little kid, how can I be the pastor of a, of a financial services company like Sovereign's Capital or a mortgage company. <laughs> um, no, you know, God has a real sense of humor and um, he has given me a real passion that looking in the rearview mirror, I, I see now um, what he was doing. But, you know, it, it took me to law school and to get a theology degree at RTS in Orlando. And we were um, planting churches out in Southern California and always had this friendship with Casey Crawford. He and I played football together at UVA. And we've, we've always talked about, man, we have this one life to live. How do we make it count? How do we live yeah. a life of significance and trying to work that out over 30 years of friendship. And, and so watched God do some remarkable things in his life and story. And, and I uh, also saw this, this real, um, this thing happening in our country where uh, America is becoming more secular by the day, more people are leaving the local church. And so I just began to, to see, man, like with the, the life I have to live, I think the most significant way I can invest that is um, in the place where all of the lost, broken, hurting people who would consider themselves to be, you know, part of the nun box when it comes to religion, where do they go every day? They go to work. Yeah, And so how do we create a real movement of the Holy Spirit where the lost, broken, hurting people are to see the church awaken in the marketplace to really be the church rather than asking uh, those that are not following Christ to come to us on a Sunday morning? How do we go to them and really love them, serve them um, and draw them into the love of Jesus right where they are at work Monday Saturday. That's my heart and passion. That's amazing. And so this has been quite a journey for you. I mean, when you started out in your calling, your ministry, were you uh, aware of, say, God's heart or passion around the workplace or how much he uh, really just genuinely cares for people in their day to day? Or does that, was that something that evolved in your life? Did it kind of come along later as you just went through the day-to-day of what you were doing and what you'd set your hand to do. Was it a journey or were there like catalytic moments in that? Very much a journey. Um, I think that Tim Keller and his vision for uh, the faith and work integration um, was really central to that. Uh, We started to try to work that out in San Diego and the churches um, there. Uh, And then, you know, friendships. Uh, My friendship with Casey really helped me in that journey. And um, we were uh, having a conversation one day and he and I compete in most everything we've 
done, even from, you know, me covering him on the practice field at UVA. <laughs> His, his arms were a lot longer and he's a lot taller. So, <laughs> um, but you know, one day we were having a conversation and, um, and he said, Hey, um, Phelan, you know, who, who do you think has a better opportunity to make the biggest den in the great commission? Um, you as a pastor of a local church or me as the leader of a business. And I was like, Oh, that's easy. Like, that's what we do. You know, we, huh. we make disciples. Um, and he said, well, well, tell me, you know, how, how many hours a week do you have your people? And I said, well, you know, one on Sunday morning and uh, two in a community group. And if they're like rock star Christians, three, because they serve. <laughs> and, and so he said, well, you know, I've, I've actually got mine for 40 hours a week. Wow. <laughs> and, and he said, oh, wait, I've got one other question. He said, you know, don't you don't you ask them to to write you a check, you know, a tithing check. And I said, well, well, yeah. He said, well, well, I pay mine. And so <laughs> I've got them for 40 hours a week and I pay them to be there. I said, but hold on, hold on. You don't just win when it comes to the great commission because you have them for more hours and you pay them. Um, you know, there, and there has to be a real commitment to, um, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything Jesus calls. He said, yeah, yeah, like, let's do that. Like, let's build a model for the marketplace that really is actively advancing the kingdom, that really is stepping into this calling we have to live out the Great Commission. And so he and I uh, really, you know, began that, um, thinking that through with Movement Mortgage back in 07, 08, when he first started to step into this vision for a different kind of company that's about the kingdom of God yeah. and not the kingdom, kingdom of Casey. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I came on board with that um, full time in 2017 when God really put this passion and vision in my heart to, to really step more fully into it from a time perspective um, with really awakening the church in the marketplace to be the church right where um, the lost, broken and hurting are from Monday to Saturday. As a pastor, you know, by training and vocation, stepping into this kind of a role or this kind of an emphasis, was that a little bit of a, like a shock to your system, like switching from a traditional church leadership role, perhaps to uh, pastoring a company, even if a faith-driven company, it would seem. But was that like a pretty major gear shift for you as a leader, as a faith leader? Well, um, I would say that it was a shock in the best of ways. Okay. <laughs> you know, a, um, an electrifying kind of invigorating uh, way that was in many ways an extension of what we were doing um, in Southern California. We had this vision for faith and work integration, um, made lots of mistakes and bumps and bruises along the way, um, but, but actually got to then jump into an ecosystem at movement that, was was living this out and wanted to amplify what was already happening and and then also um, that was broader than the mortgage space you know we've always from the inception of movement uh, our, our vision as a company is we exist to love and value people by creating a movement of change in our industry in other corporate cultures and in local communities okay. and so it was always from the start um, casey had the audacity to listen to God and, and let God place a vision on his life that was, that was really about a movement of change, that, that wasn't industry specific, but really wanting to see a movement of God, a movement of God's love spread to in every industry and sector that's out there. And, you know, Casey said all, all along, he said, you know, when he was starting movement, everyone would always say, well, you know, there's Chick-fil-A, there's, <laughs> there's Hobby Lobby. And it was like, man, that's great that there's Christian chicken. Like, that's amazing. Um, but, you know, we're, in, <laughs> we're doing mortgages. Um, and so, uh, you know, he felt like he needed a lot more models back then. And that's one of the passions of our heart is to see a proliferation of models for, as Abraham Kuyper, you know, he, he said that the Lord says, I want to claim every square inch as mine. And so Casey and I really want to see that Kuyperian vision, which really is a Revelation 21 vision of 
behold, I'm making all things new. And so we long to see that behold, I'm making all things new, whether that's the construction industry, whether that's, you know, the, the entertainment industry. I mean, you name it. Yeah. We want to see Christians rise up and do things differently in light of following Jesus. And man, if that can use the model that God has blessed that movement, um, we love giving that to owners and CEOs and leaders. And that's part of what we're doing is um, we've sort of packaged up and are giving away the things that God is really blessing at movement. Uh, we're now doing that through Sovereign's Capital. Uh, Sovereign's has been an incredible partner and teammate, uh, Ronald Blue Trust. Now God has brought us together as kind of one team with RBT and Sovereign's Capital and uh, really starting to see uh, this movement happen among business leaders that that want to see the kingdom advanced in and through their place of work. And it's pretty exciting. Man, that is incredible. Someone might hear this and they're like, okay, that's awesome. That's amazing. That's super high level. But you mentioned ecosystems and models. You know, for the ground level guy who's like, hey, I would love to be the next movement mortgage and do something redemptive in the kingdom like this. What does that look like at the ground level, like boots on the ground? Okay, we're going to we're going to shape a kingdom, what I call a kingdom driven ecosystem in this company. Uh, what what do you tell people to start with? Like, where does that what does that look like when it gets going? Yeah, Jonathan, I'm so glad you asked that question, because everything we're doing now um, we did when we had uh, one person, two people. Excellent. And now five, five or 5,000. Right. So I'm going to give you some principles that are transferable across any industry and any company size. So if you're out there and you're thinking, man, you know, it's just me. I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur and <laughs> I got a dream and a vision. <laughs> um, well, that's how we started. And so let me, let me tell you three things that we're doing that you can do in industry, any industry, any sector, any company of any size, and it's love people. Okay. Everyone wants to be loved in three fundamental human ways. These are human needs that we all have, and they exist at any company of any level. Here, here's the first. Um, Gallup polls will tell you if, you, if you read, go back and look at the Gallup polls, uh, what creates retention in a company? Why do people want to stay? And why do they, why do they want to be a part? Well, here it, is, here it is. They show up to work. And they have a friend who loves them. Like it's, it's really not rocket science. Like yeah. you show up to work and you feel loved and valued by a friend who knows you and loves you. And so what we've done is we're trying to meet that, that fundamental human need of, of to show up and have a friend who loves you. And the mentoring process that we've developed creates essentially a small group system at work. So we'll talk more about that. The, the second fundamental human need that we all have, and, and, and this happens in a church, in a business, in a family, when we're in crisis, we want a friend to show up and love us when we're in crisis because we don't want to go through it alone. Right. And so theologically, we know that this would be driven by the Good Samaritan. You know, if you don't pass by on the other side, you don't want to be the religious guys, you want to be the guy who stops. Uh, but but really, this is just how we humans operate. We all, when we're in crisis, we want people to show up. And so we have developed a primary expression of that at work called love works, which love works. Love takes action. Love is a verb. Love does something. And we can talk more about what that looks like for us. Um, and then the third way, Jonathan, that we, we know is um, is that every human being wants to live a life of purpose. We all yeah, want absolutely. Um, to move from just success, but to significance. And that involves a life of purpose. And my good friend, John Coleman, who's co-CEO of Sovereign's Capital, he's written a great book on this. And he, he says, you know, um, rather than frame it as we want to find our purpose, what, what's better is to help people build a life of purpose yeah. day by day, week by week, step by step. And so um, I, I'd love to talk to you about that framework about how we're helping people find friends at work through mentoring, how are people develop friendships in crisis through Love Works, and then finally, how we're helping build a life of purpose uh, locally and globally. And so 
Um, how does that sound if we help flesh those out for people? I love that. I love that. And uh, the thing I really love about what you guys are doing is that your level of, we talk about intentionality a lot, like when I'm coaching or I'm uh, helping develop kingdom driven companies and things talk about intentionality, but this is like intentionality at the next level. I almost refer to this as like a next level enterprise because, uh, most people, even if they feel like they've got something good going at, it stops at the doors of their, their workplace or their company or their startup. Like no, very few people have a vision or a compulsion, uh, that, takes that beyond the doors that that thinks about things bigger more holistically on a kingdom level uh beyond just what makes a good environment a good workplace experience or makes money within their doors so to speak so i really love this distinctive this this is really good so tell us how you get there what does this look like for folks yeah so how do we develop um friends at work when you're an owner or an entrepreneur how can you create a culture of love where everyone on your team, when they show up, they feel so loved and so valued? Well, um, if it's if it's five of you, um, here's what I think as a faith-driven entrepreneur, I'm convinced that there's a there's a human aspect that we all have. We all want to be loved and valued and known. Um, but there's also a theological component. The theological component is go and make disciples of all the nations. Right. Like we have a theological um, command from Jesus that when we get home, he's going to look at you, Jonathan. He's going to look at me and he's going to say, hey, I gave you the play. Did you guys run it? Like go and make disciples of all the nations. And I don't want to be looking at my shoes going, well, I mean, we were in the mortgage industry and we were busy <laughs> and had to make money. And um, no, like we need to be able to say, well, here's the, 150 people I poured my life into, and here's the 5,000 they poured their life into, and I equipped them to go and do likewise, um, to develop friendships and, and, and mentors who make mentors who make mentors or disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And, and so um, it starts off organically, Jonathan, as, yeah. as you know, and you just start loving people. And, and then you realize, man, like, I want to steward well the people God's entrusted to me. I want to love them really well. And I want to um, do what he's called me to do, which is disciple them, um, baptize them, lead them to faith in Jesus and baptize them, uh, and then teach them what he's called us to do so they become better parents, so they become uh, better spouses, so they become better teammates. Well, so we just developed a holistic pro process that we now call movement mentoring um, to, so that we can scale love. You know, you may start with one or two. Well, now that we have 5,000, we, we need to be intentional with that process and scaling love. Yeah. And so we have developed a disciple-making process that we call mentoring. And why? Why do we call it mentoring versus disciple-making? Well, because Casey and I were talking about it. And he said, listen, Stephen, I've never had anybody in the business world ever ask me to disciple them. He said, I get about <laughs> five requests a week to mentor them. So let's just call it that. Yeah. I said, okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, and we then built a process for the marketplace that's a 41-week process that is a faith and life track of, of mentoring, where it's essentially it's a small group. Like it's a small group for the marketplace. And what we do is we add value to the lives of our teammates by helping them develop intentional friendships at work, and explore the love of God. They may not believe in the love of God. They may not care. They might think God is real, right. but wherever they are in their journeys, we're inviting them into an intentional process. And Jonathan, we have seen God show up in that process in incredible ways. We have seen now, we've seen 3,500 of our teammates be equipped in the mentoring process. Wow. We have seen that now we've seen over 18,000 people in the marketplace and businesses all over the country that have taken hold of this mentoring process. We'll give it to you for free. The website is www.mentoring. I'm sorry, www.movementmentoring.live. That's mentoring, movementmentoring.live. And you can go there. It's all for free. Um, if you want us to help you get it started at your place of, work um 
The only thing you need to be concerned about is the cost. It's a, there's a pretty high barrier to entry. It's it's actually zero dollars. <laughs> so <laughs> we're uh, we're giving it away uh, for free because we just want to see the kingdom of God advance. Um, and uh, and so man, we we've seen hundreds of our teammates come to faith, Jonathan, and it's actually pretty cool because. Uh, let's see, I, I guess it's, uh, we were looking at 450 of our teammates come to faith. We're now doing worship nights wow. where we baptize our teammates because they're coming to faith and we want to see them um, get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then be discipled in these mentoring groups. And then they become the, um, the vehicles of multiplication of God's love um, for, for so many others. So that has been incredible. We've also developed three other tracks of the mentoring process. Uh, we developed a leadership development uh, process. We have a life planning track and we also have a grab the key, which is unique to our industry where we're dealing with um, home ownership for the black community and the Latino community. And so um, those are ways that the mentoring process has really grown and developed. Um, but that's really, that's that first fundamental human need that we have to all to develop friendships at work if you're out there and you just want to say, hey, how can I do one thing? Here's what I'd say. Start a single mentoring group. We okay. can get you started tomorrow for free. It won't cost you anything. The process is plug and play. We've got businesses all over the country who are using it, who are seeing God move. If you just want to do one thing, start right there. That's incredible. Say, I'm going to start. I'm going to start a mentoring group at work. And I'm going to trust God to show up. I'm going to take a step of faith, and I'm going to trust that God's going to show up. Now, if, if you just do that one thing, I actually think you'll get the other two steps I laid out mm -hmm. about, um, about creating friendships for those in crisis, loving people in crisis. I think you'll get that. And I think you'll also get building a life of purpose because those, those two things are woven into the process, that 41-week process I laid out. But, but so, so start there. But man, if you really want to take it to the next level, um, then I'd say, let's talk about developing a friendship um, for those that are in crisis, loving those that are in crisis. And I can tell you what that'll look like if that sounds good to you, Jonathan. <laughs> well, before we dive into that part, because this, this is pretty incredible, uh, let me ask a couple of tactical questions that I could imagine a listener would have at this point. Uh, one being, okay, so... Uh, how do you do this, especially in a company that's at scale? So, I mean, even when they're smaller, this could be a challenge. But where, say you have a significant portion of your workforce that are not people of faith and are not really interested, how do you navigate that? Say, coming from a faith-driven leadership position in the company, how do you sensitively navigate that to introduce something like this without it being uh extremely controversial per se uh or or weird stuff happening because of this kind of an offering in a larger company especially where you know you just don't know everybody or what everybody is doing thinking or where they come from you know how do you got how do you guide people to navigate that yeah i'm so glad you asked that question so i'm imagining our listeners out there and there's a a list of reasons running through their head why this won't work at their company. Um, and you can come up with, we can't do this because I'm not the owner or I'm not in a executive leadership position or um, we're not privately held like movement. I mean, there's so many reasons. Right. And, and I would say, no, you actually can, uh, whether you're the president owner, uh, whether you're in a publicly traded company uh, we have examples of publicly traded companies doing this. We have examples of um, companies that have three people that have 5,000. Um, and, and, and here's what I'd say. Now, remember movements context. I would say that over half of our company don't subscribe to be followers of Christ either. Right. So we're working this out in a context where we have over half our company that, that wouldn't say, hey, I'm, I'm down as a follower of Jesus. So what, how we approach it is um, it's a value add, it's opt-in, and we're not forcing this on anyone, but we're presenting it as 
hey, this is a way for us to add value to your life so that you can become a better spouse, so that you can become a better parent, so that you can become a better teammate. And if this adds value to your life, you know, John Maxwell has been a huge friend for us here. John has an approach of we're just going to add value, add value, add value. And if there's any point at which this doesn't add value to your life, please don't do it. I mean, the last thing we want, Jonathan, is teammates like, oh, my boss is making me go to my mentoring (laughs) group. I hate it. You know, (laughs) no, no. Um, And so what, what you can do is, man, if it's just you, use your influence to invite four or five people into a mentoring group and you don't have to have the president of the company sign off. This doesn't have to be a thing that everyone in the company does. Um, but if you're in a position of influence, um, then other routes you can take is, Hey, I'm going to gather together a few of the influencers in our company and we're going to get a vision for what if, you know, what if we really uh, saw a movement of, of God's love really begin to spread throughout our company and we're going to start, and then we're just going to start a couple groups, one or two groups, and see if it changes us, see if it adds value to our life. And then personal testimony, like story mm-hmm. of life transformation is the most powerful um, of, of all change agents. And so how do you invite others? Well, it changed my life. I, I benefited from it. And so we got it going and man, it had this huge impact on my life. And so I want to give that gift, you know, to my teammates. Man, that's fantastic. So the adding value is incredibly key. And also I think how you've explained that this could be, you know, for lack of a better term, top down opportunity made available, or it could be brought in from the side or bottom up, however uh, people's motivation is and their position is. Am I hearing that correctly? That's correct. You can either be the the top-down approach. If you're the owner, leader of the company, hey, we can work with you there. We do it all the time. Or, you know, you may just be, hey, look, I'm, I'm just sitting in a cubicle. Um, you know, I, what am I going to do? Well, you have influence. You have people that yeah. are in your relationships at work. And man, take a risk uh, for God and just say, hey, invite them to be a part of um, this journey where you're not going to have them come sit at your feet to learn everything from you. It's just like, (laughs) no, let's go on a journey where we're going to learn and grow together and become better parents and become better spouses and become better at our jobs. And let's learn, let's work this out together, uh, living vulnerably with, man, how you're going to grow your, your faith in the process. And so I, wherever you are, you can step in. Um, Jesus says, you know, be salt and light. That applies to all of us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in the ecosystem discussion that we're, you know, just rabbit trailing out of a bit here on this, uh, what are the other areas of value you were alluding to, other areas of connection that can really work uh, as people lean into this? Yeah, so um, we've acknowledged that our people really long to um, build lives of significance yeah. and purpose. And so we've developed a life planning process that isn't um, faith driven. It's just to say, how do we help you build the life that you want to have? And that, that gets them into a small group of, of six weeks where they begin to experience a small group culture. And then one of the re- key relationships that we have them think about is, Hey, what is, what do you want the faith component of your journey to look like okay. in your life? And, um, and so then at the end of that, we say, Hey, look, um, a way for you to continue to develop that faith component and these other relationships is, man, go on this, this faith and life track journey, um, that we, that's a 41 week process. Um, so they, they then move into that faith and life, um, journey. We also have the John Maxwell leadership development process that, that again can be six to 12 weeks. How do we help you become a better values-based leader? Um, that, that is a small group structure that also then can transition to the faith and life track. Um, and then the, the final one's unique to our industry, which is the grab the key initiative. Um, and so if we got any other mortgage companies out there, talk to us. Um, we'd love to help you um, increase black home ownership and Latino home ownership that also develops um, a faith and life journey. Man, that's incredible. You know, as I'm listening to this, uh, I'm thinking, you know, through someone else's uh, thoughts here that might be hearing this and they're wondering, this sounds expensive. 
<laughs> as a company. And they're thinking to themselves, yeah, the material's free, but my time's not free. My facilities aren't free. My legal team is not free. <laughs> like all the variables that are going through their head. You know, like what what kind of a, obviously you guys have, as Movement Mortgage, have made some sacrifices to do this, to have this level of intentionality. So, I mean, you don't have to tell people uh, how exactly you accomplished it, but give them a picture of what a kingdom-driven company really needs to invest their money in. And, and like, are we talking, how, how does that work out? Like you put an X amount of money, time, treasure talent, you know, into this equation to make X amount of bandwidth for this kind of thing in your, what you're trying to normalize in your corporate culture. Like, how does that play out? I mean, are they looking at a, is this for someone is, are they looking at a significant sacrifice if they want to be this intentional? Well, um, again, Jonathan, um, let me remind you of the sticker price. It's $0. Right. Um, we'll give it to you for free. Um, let me also say that um, it's one hour a week. And if you're concerned about when they do it, huh, do it on lunch break. Yeah. Do it good. before and after work. Like you may be going, no, 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 this is so important. I'm going to build it into the work day of my people, which lots of our business have done, but you can also do it at lunch or at work. Um, now, now, but let me tell you this, Jonathan, the cost of not doing it is so great that you will pay, this will pay for itself in a sh the shortest amount of time you could imagine because the cost of not investing in your people in this way far exceeds the cost of doing it. 100% now, let me, get, let, me tell you, let me tell you a story as to why I, I, we see a business case for mentoring. So we had one of our top leaders in the company come in and say to us, hey, guys, listen, uh, just wanted to tell you I've, I'm going to be transitioning out because I had a company come in and they offered to, to triple my salary and, and give me a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> and we looked at him and said, really? Like, that? that's it? Like, that's all they offered? <laughs> um, and, and the thing about this person was that they actually professed to be a follower of Jesus. And so we would have expected or wanted there to be a, a sense of a kingdom calling, not right. just driven by a triple tripling your salary. Right. And and so the the bad thing about this was that we actually knew the other job opportunity that was in front of this person and we knew the person and and we knew that this person had tried to um, really uh, harm some of our teammates. Like we, wow. we knew the situation and we knew that they had intentionally tried to harm um, some women in our company actually. And so we said, listen, like, don't do this. This is, this is not going to like, you're going to work for Satan in the flesh. <laughs> like he's dangling money out in front of you. Um, and, wow. and so you know, Casey actually joked with him at the time and he said, listen, I, I've got, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And the guy said, all right, well, well, hit me with the bad news first. He said, well, the bad news is you're making a horrible decision. <laughs> this is going to be a train wreck because it's driven by money. And, and he said, it's going to be a train wreck. Uh, don't do this. Uh, what's the good news? Well, the good news is we're going to start a mentoring process with your name on it. <laughs> because if we had invested in you wow. spiritually, the same way that we've invested in you professionally, that has made you so successful professionally, then you wouldn't be making this decision. You'd have a different grid by which you're processing life's decisions. And so Casey just said that that's on me. Wow. Like I, I haven't invested and loved my people well. I haven't stewarded the, the people in front of me. And, and, and so he said, that's on me, but it's not going to be on me moving forward. Wow. I am going to um, take this as a wake-up call to really love and serve and invest in my people. So, I mean, Jonathan, the net result is that 
people feel so much more equipped to process life's decisions. Um, man, it helps with retention. It helps with the development of your people. It's a leadership development tool that's free. Um, and so I would argue that the costs are much greater to not do it than to do it. 100% agree. 100% agree. It's incredible to hear such a powerful firsthand testimony of that because that uh, makes it real for people when they hear this. And the money is not the driving factor. It's a factor, but I think like what you're saying, the outcomes speak for themselves. And it's a it's a God-fearing direction to take your company. And if you're, say you're working, like you said, in a cubicle, you're not calling the shots above you and you don't have any shots you're calling below you, but you've got lateral influence. I can see that this would be just as important for that space that God's commissioned you to govern as well. Would you say that's accurate? A hundred percent. That's right. We're all called to love God and love people. Yeah. And and we believe you're called to love people with eternity in mind. Yeah. Because that's the Great Commission. And so no one gets a pass on that. And there's people that you sitting in that cubicle know that you uniquely have relationship with, that that God says, You're my guy. I mean, Paul says in First Corinthians nine, he says, I have become all things so that by all means possible, I might save some. Yeah. All things to all people. So that by by all means possible, I might, Paul says, God wants to use me. Crazy enough, as flawed as I am, God wants to use me in his work of salvation. Now it's the Holy Spirit through us. We know that. We can't save anyone, Jesus does. But he wants to use us in our little cubicles of the world yeah. to love and serve people that bring, in a way that Jesus will actually bring them to life. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. So as we covered kind of the real nuts and bolts of that, of the mentoring vision, how that works, take us to another level here as we talk about uh, your work with Sovereign's Capital. Now, this is a really uh, intriguing faith-driven enterprise from what I can understand, but give us the story on this and why this matters in the kingdom equation. Why does this type of kingdom enterprise make a difference? Yeah, so Sovereign's Capital is, to me, an extraordinary gathering of faith-driven um, people who believe that every investment we make matters to God. And the Sovereign's Capital is, con is constructing, it's a Christ-centered private equity company that is... Uh, really developing a movement in the marketplace among companies that are looking to scale the growth and influence of the kingdom and go from, you know, in some cases you're looking at going from 50 to 100. How do I scale um, the influence of the kingdom and loving people and teammates? And so Sovereign's Capital comes along um, and makes a minority equity share investment and really helps um, take companies to the next level of impact and, and, and influence um, for the kingdom. And then there's also ways that Sovereigns is really thinking about investing. Um, and so really thinking about funds and management, wealth management, and um, what can it really begin to look like? Not when we're just thinking about um, sort of sin screening of what we should not invest in, right. <laughs> but like proactively, what should we be for? Um, yeah. Really beginning to think about how faith-driven companies can outperform the market because we are developing um, our teammates and loving our teammates with such excellence and creating such value for them that they will then in turn um, outperform the market. And so, We've created investment opportunities at Sovereigns that actually it's exceeded the market um, last year in a in, by, by 500 basis points, which is actually wow. amazing yeah. that that's happening. But the data proves that these faith-driven companies that that you can invest in actually um, aren't underperforming, but they're they're outperforming. Hmm because of the way they're so loving and valuing their teammates that got turns out 
God's principles actually work. Yeah, absolutely. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, 100% believer on that. That's incredible. And so there's a lot, obviously, of uh, companies around the world that are, you know, faith-driven or faith-informed, you could even say. Uh, how, do, how do they, um, like when they approach somebody like Sovereign's Capital or whatever, what, what is Sovereign's Capital looking for? Like who do they want to work with or invest in or develop? How does, how does that relationship look? Yeah, so some of you out there are thinking, man, I'd love to grow my company, but one, I don't want to lose the values that make us unique. Right. Two, I don't want to give up control. Um, and I definitely don't want to lose the values and give up to con- control to someone who doesn't share my faith conviction. Right. And so what Sovereigns does is comes alongside of those that are, that are saying those things and, and just says, hey, listen, how can we help amplify what you've already started and take the faith-driven vision that God has put in your heart and allow you to not just love the 15 teammates you have, but what will it look like if you have 150 people who are being impacted in a Christ-centered community that carries the exact same vision and values that you have now. And now you have an ecosystem of people around you who share that same faith-driven connection. Um, and you're challenged by other CEOs and owners and leaders um, and teammates with skills to come alongside you to help ask the right questions to, to get you to move in a direction that's going to allow you to scale the love of Jesus Christ. Wow. Incredible. So it's definitely a holistic approach to this kind of development for for companies, both small and large, it sounds like. <laughs> and uh, not just money, but it's an infusion, it sounds like, of the kingdom into the entire operation. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you don't know what you don't know yeah. until you have people that are a little further along the journey come in and ask the right questions um, that, are, that are all doing it from a a biblical worldview, like a faith and deeply integrated faith and work perspective um, that doesn't divorce the sacred and the secular, that there's this, man, this, there's a divide and I can't really bring these together. No, no, it's saying like, how do we really integrate our faith into our work at every level? And so you're just getting people who've thought a lot about this and who've helped business after business after business grow and scale um, the love of Jesus in really tangible and holistic ways. So encouraging. You know, I think a lot of people in the you know faith-driven workplace movement, uh, they may not realize the level of commitment and the scale of work that people are doing actually from within the body of Christ into the marketplace around the world. And so I think highlighting the work that you all are doing with Sovereign's Capital is important for people to realize that they're not small potatoes and the kingdom of God is not small potatoes, but it impacts everything. There's a lot of people involved. There's a lot of momentum around that. And there's a lot of hope that I think this brings to the discussion for people who feel, honestly, a lot of people I relate to feel very isolated or siloed. They don't even know there's a Christian company down the street and they just have no uh, time or connection beyond their they're small four walls, just trying to keep their heads above water and trying to please God and do the right thing. So I think hearing this, that there's such intentionality already happening and that they can emulate something like this as they grow and develop as a company is really inspiring to people. Do you, do you find that this uh, produces a lot of great testimony among the companies you all work with? Oh man, Jonathan, if you, if you only knew, I mean, we could be here for weeks and weeks and weeks uh, because literally I, I watch owner after owner after owner come to life. Wow. I mean, so much joy. Now it's hard. It's a battle. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're in a fight. I mean, and it's not, it's not against flesh and blood. I mean, it's yeah. against rulers and principalities and powers. And, but when you start to co-labor with other people who know that, and we'll, we'll pray with you into that, oh, man, and you're seeing people come to faith and you're just watching the kingdom come um, with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Man, that is, um, 
that's extraordinary. And so, yeah, I think like you, I mean, it's so easy to feel alone in it, uh, which is why we've been so encouraged, um, you know, with things like you're doing with the faith driven entrepreneur and investor ecosystem, Henry Kastner, Luke uh, Roush, John Coleman. These are friends that are, these are warriors that are going for it. Um, Justin Foreman. I mean, what a, what a great gift these guys are. Um, and then thinking about, you know, C12 and some of our great friends in, in different communities like this. Yeah. Um, we are really linked together with a lot of these communities um, where you can get a group like um, C12 and get a group of Christian owners uh, around you and really begin to think about it differently. So, yeah, I think God is raising up. He's connecting the body, the body of Christ together, which is really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with all your kind of perspective and experience and getting to relate to so many folks in the body of Christ, especially in the business world, you know, where do you feel the action is, so to speak? Like, where do you see God moving uh, within the marketplace and within the, I call it the people, places, and spaces that God's given you responsibility for? What do you see really getting traction and uh, how would you advise people to align with what God's doing? Great question, Jonathan. You know, Billy Graham said, the next great revival is going to happen in the marketplace among believers. Yeah. And we actually believe he spoke prophetically on that. And we're trying to live into that every day of our life. And yeah. so you ask me, where do I see traction? Well, it goes back to the three things I told you that every single company can do that we're doing, right. that we're seeing companies pick up right, left, front, and center and start. And the first is they, they start to be committed to the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. I'm going to love my people that God has entrusted to me. Right. I'm going to create friendships at work through the mentoring process. And they commit to just that. And look out. I mean, God shows up because they get involved in loving their people. Okay. The second two, and, and, and if we have time here, I'd love to tell you that the, the, the last two ways, this is where we see the most fruit in the marketplace. Okay. These three areas, mentoring. The second one is, how am I going to love my teammates in crisis? When people step into this, Jonathan, we're seeing businesses all over start this. Let me give you an example. When we started the Love Works Fund, um, in the mortgage industry. At the time, we weren't aware of any of the other top 10 um, mortgage companies doing this. Now, um, the, the, it's flipped. What we've seen now is that, the, that nine out of 10 are, have a similar um, aspect going on. And, and the reason that they are have created these um, benevolence funds for their employees um, is because they, they saw the advantage. They saw what was happening at movement. They saw that and they heard about it and they're like, man, we want to do that. And we're like, great. That's amazing. More people are being loved and valued and cared for. So, so let me tell you what it looks like. What does it look like if you want to really live out that principle of the good Samaritan, when someone falls in a ditch, you say, I'm going to get in the ditch with them and I'm going to love them in crisis. Well, we've created a love works fund and, we had a teammate. Here's where it first started. Organic. Remember, all this starts organically. We were very small, and we had a teammate who came to um, her boss and said, hey, listen, um, would it be okay if I worked remotely for, on Thursday and Friday? Now, this is way before working remote was a thing. <laughs> I mean, COVID hadn't happened. Yeah. And so, Amay, the boss, looks at him and says, well, tell, why? You know, why? And she said, well, because... Um, I don't think I can afford to put gas in my car to get to work on Thursday and Friday <laughs> and payday's Monday. And if I can just get to then, I'll be good. And so Amay went to Casey and said, Casey, hey, here's the situation. What do you think? Casey said, well, gosh, if they can't put gas in their car, they probably can't put groceries in her fridge. Hmm. So let's do both. And so we, we gassed up her car. We put groceries in her fridge and Love Works was born. Wow. In the life of one person. Now, mm. now what we did is Casey said, you know what I'm gonna do? He said, I'm gonna seed that. I'm gonna put a hundred thousand dollars into a fund and 
see what happens. And we're just going to start loving people. And, you know, you're small, you know, everybody and word got out. Hey, if you, if you fall in a ditch, movement's coming. If you fall in the ditch, movement's coming. Hmm. And so we just started loving people. Uh, when life slammed them, it cancer hits your family. And you're like, man, we had all these expenses. We had no idea. That, and hey, we're coming. We're going to love on you. Wow. No strings attached. Just no strings attached. We're coming to love you. And so now, Jonathan, check this out. Our fund is entirely funded by pay- employee payroll deductions. We have now loved 2,500 teammates for over $5 million wow. through the LoveWorks Fund. And you talk about a receptivity and openness to the gospel. I mean, when, when you've been loving me like that, and, and let me tell you this, that first woman that we put groceries in her fridge and gas in her car, you know what? Ten years later, she came to know Jesus in our mm. company. Incredible. But it took 10 years of loving her because she had some huge wounds and some huge church hurt that had developed over time that was broken down by what? Mercy, the love of God in tangible ways. And so companies all over are starting this. And Jonathan, we'll, we'll help any, anybody out there that wants to start a LoveWorks fund. We'll help you do it. Ours has grown to scale now to where we have three full-time social workers that are running this. We have principles called when, the when helping hurts principles. We've, you know, cause okay, you're, we, you're, this is your seventh time accessing the love works fund and let's figure out why we're keep falling in the ditch. And um, so we can help with that. You know, some of the things we've learned along the way. So man, I'd say Jonathan, where, what's really happening in the marketplace companies are, are starting to really take Jesus's call towards mercy and compassion towards those who are lying half dead in the road uh, and really stepping in. And it's, it's, it's absolutely so attractive to those that don't know Jesus, you know, that are, that are, have huge hurdles against the church and all this um, because you're just loving them unconditionally. Right. Right. It's just, I'm going to meet you where you are. Um, And Oh man, it's just so powerful. So, that's a huge component. And then the third one um, that, that I'd say is how do we help people build a life of purpose? What you're doing through that and through that model is in a way what churches often wish they could do, but just don't have the money or the access relationally. And so, again, I think it speaks to the model of how important your faith and the kingdom driven model is to the overall equation uh, in the in the world and in meeting human need the discussions around human flourishing i just commend it and i recognize that you know this is a this is a high level um activity that i know that is in the heart of traditional churches and traditional church models but it's just a different equation and they can't do the same things they can't make that same impact so i love the emphasis on activating faith in the marketplace yeah, Jonathan, I'm glad you say that because, you know, gosh, I love the church so much and I want the church to be the church. And I think one of the challenges that the local church faces is that people can come and hide. It's easy to hide and not be known yeah. and sit on the back row and blend in, especially if it's a big church. And and so it's harder to hide when you're at work for 40 hours a week. And, you know, people, it just sort of, comes out of you yeah. <laughs> when you're spending that long with people. And then yeah. you sort of recognize, Hey, like John is, John's really hurting. Like, you know, his family's in the hospital and like, so how do we love them? And, and so, yeah, I think like it's, it's something that um, the church, the local church wants to do um, is, is called by Jesus to do, I think, but, but sometimes um, just isn't aware yeah. Um, or two lacks the bandwidth or infrastructure to be able to pull it off. And I think we, we can do it um, in the marketplace in a unique way. Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah. Do continue with your other thoughts. Yeah. So this third thing that's really hot in the marketplace, Jonathan, that we see is um, this fundamental human need that everyone has to, to live a life of purpose and to build a life of purpose. And so here's, there's lots of ways to do that. Let me, let me tell you, 
the two that we're trying. Okay, we want people to have a local purpose and a global purpose. Now, locally, Jesus tells all of us, you're more blessed when you give than when you receive. So we want to develop a, a pattern of giving, a life of giving their life away. Because when they serve others, they're going to come to life. And so what we do to, to motivate a life of giving, a life of servant leadership is we say, hey, look, if you go volunteer at whatever nonprofit or faith-based community is, is making an impact in your community, we will cut a check for $20 an hour. We'll, we'll, give, we'll send a check to that organization. Hmm. Not only did you give them an hour of your time, but we're going to give them 20 bucks just because you were there. And so our people can give a list of their service hours and we'll pay them in the virtue of a gift to that, to whatever um, group they were at. Okay. So that's one thing. Then second, we also know with their living a life of generosity, if they're exercising um, generosity muscles and their life is going to become huge, rich, full. Yeah. And so what we say is every dollar you give to a nonprofit will match it dollar for dollar so that it doubles your impact, doubles your investment. And so today we have now matched over $6 million in matched giving that our people are giving away. So what we're trying to do is develop that local purpose. But now here's a big one. We want them to have a global purpose. We want them to know that, man, God's on the move. He's restoring and renewing all things. And he has a heart for the most marginalized in the world, the widow, the poor, the orphan, yeah. the oppressed. And so we want them to get involved with the most marginalized in the world. What does that look like for us? Vision trips. So somebody said, well, you, sounds a lot like a mission trip. Yeah, <laughs> but we don't want to call it that because our friends that aren't followers of Jesus don't like to go on mission, mission trips. But, <laughs> but a trip to expand their vision yeah. uh, for the most marginalized in the world, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. So we send out uh, at least one a month from our company okay. um, to serve the most marginalized in the world. And, and what I'd say is see anybody on the call, come with this. <laughs> we have the, the bandwidth in place. We have the mission partners in place. In Central America, Latin America, we go to Africa, Thailand. Um, I'd, I'd encourage you to focus on the Central America. It's, it's a scalable opportunity. Yeah, two days of travel, three days in country. And man, you get your people serving the most marginalized in the world. And they come back. And in three days, you're going to get more leadership development done than you can do in three years. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I tell you what, if you pair vision trips with mentoring so they go on this experience on a vision trip and then they come back and you work out the implications of what you saw in guatemala among the the slums of guatemala and you come back and you say gosh now we're gonna we're gonna work this out week after week together vulnerably here in the in the marginalized communities of charlotte or tempe or wherever um man not only, you won't have that, oh, it was so amazing when, we got, when I was in Guatemala. Oh, and now I got to go back to work. Yeah. You're like, no, 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 no. Now we're going to integrate what we learned, and we're going to do this together at work here in this office, but also among the most marginalized places in our city. And so those three things, Jonathan, developing friends at work, loving, developing friends in crisis, and building a life of purpose. Anybody can do it of any company, any size, will help you with all three of them and man, you take a step of faith and God's going to show up. Amen to that. Thank you so much for bringing hope and perspective into kind of the dark world we live in that we see so much around us these days. This I believe is going to take people far, uh, what you've covered here and what you guys are doing. It's like this shot of Holy Spirit adrenaline that I think people need right now in the body of Christ, especially in the marketplace. Right now, it's a tough season. People tend to have their heads down. They don't see too far past their own nose. They're just trying to get through and, you know, keep the faith, take care of their family. And this, this is a real boost. So I really do thank you for sharing your heart on this and commend what the companies are doing and the intentionality of what's happening. Uh, this is the kingdom in action and we rarely get this kind of a perspective on it. So thank you for bringing that perspective. You got it, man. Hey, it's, you're right. We're in a battle. We're in a fight, but guess what? 
Aslan's on the move. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Aslan's on the move. Uh, if anything resonated with you uh, that you would love to get started in your place of work, uh, we'll come alongside you and help you get going. And man, we just want to see the kingdom come right where you are. That's great. Thank you, Stephen, so much for your time and for the inspiration. Uh, God bless you and all the work you've set your hand to do. Thanks, buddy. You too. Keep up the great work. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast, presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.